Find out why more and more people are betting with Betfred. They make betting on the football season super easy. Betfred's new app makes it super simple to place your bet and even offers protection like bad beat bonuses. The newly improved app comes with more markets, more bonuses, and more action. When you bet with Betfred, you're a big fish in a small pond and you'll feel it. This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports 2023, episode 26. think I have seen Dr. Rob Zaniska in this good of a mood in a long, long time. He, he got out of his car, walking up to the basement studio. He was skipping like he was in second grade. I, I didn't know you could skip anymore. And even I got, I kind of got a bum knee, got a little meniscus tear in there. And even that I was still, I, I was skipping. This just, this just popped in my head. You know, when we were in physical education back in kindergarten and first grade, they actually taught us to skip. Do they still teach skipping in grade school? They did. They had to teach you guys to skip. Well, I mean, it was one we of just the, did it when I was in grade school. Well, it's because you have the brain of Einstein. Well, no, I grew up in Nebraska. Well, okay. You don't remember? Like, listen, I grew up with kids that couldn't skip. It took a long time to learn how to skip. That's because you grew up in Iowa. No, see, there you go. There you go. You got to make it personal. <laughs> I just didn't know. Where do you learn to skip at? Does it just come naturally? Yeah. That, that's how the rest of the country does it. We just do it. Oh, and did, you, did they teach you how to skip in kindergarten and first grade at St. Cecilia grade school? I can't remember if they taught me to skip or not. Do you know how to skip? Yeah, every, yeah, I know how to skip. Every, <laughs> guess where Owen grew up? He grew up in Nebraska. In Nebraska. Yeah, see? You just know these things. Okay, that, that's fair. By the way, this is no longer the Doc Talk podcast that predominantly talks about Nebraska football. This has turned into the Augustana college football podcast because you are decked out in the Augustana hat. It's, it's a little little D2, little Northern Sun action. You know, I'm a little disappointed in you. You know, I, I, I brought you a centrist polo today. I, I, I You get a Bet Fred polo. You never bring me anything back from Augie because that's a I sweet ass... It is, a, it is, this is probably the most comfortable sweatshirt I have. I have one like that. I wore it a couple podcasts ago with prep. It, yes. It's very yes. soft. It's kind I of like a, that. it's kind of a lightweight one. Can I Venmo you some money? Can, can you, can you pick one up for I'll me? Just pick one up for you. All right. Because I like that. I, I do. I, in, in, in the Vikings won yesterday, the 17th ranked Augustana Vikings beat number three Minnesota State Mankato. Dude, that was a big one. So, which I mean, Augustana's had a good year, but they hadn't really been tested. Top three teams in the conference, which if people are, I mean, if you want uh, reference points here, the Northern Sun is kind of what a lot of the old North Central Conference yep. that UNO played in is in now. So you got, you got Wayne State, Bemidji, Mankato. St. Cloud in that? Uh, St. Cloud's in there. Uh, Winona? So Winona. Upper Iowa used to be, but they got the, I mean, they, they were kind of the dregs of the conference, so they went over to some other conference to get their ass kicked. Well, Upper Iowa may be closing in a year or two, so who knows if that uh, school even stays open. Best but, uniforms, best helmets ever. Because the they're peacocks. the peacocks. Oh, you know? great colors, too. Anyway, but yeah, so they uh, the best three teams in the conference, the early favorites going in, were Mankato, Bemidji, and Wayne State, Nebraska. Those were, the, those were kind of the teams to beat. And... Uh, Augustana has them all in the in three of the last four weeks of the season. Well, you beat the number three team in the country, so, so that's a reason Dr. Rob's happy. Nebraska beat Northwestern, another reason Dr. Rob's happy. Iowa got beat, another reason Doc's, Doc's happy. And the Husker volleyball team won. 
big one over Wisconsin, which I know a lot of people are kind of complaining a smidge on the the call at the end where it was a, a, a net violation by Wisconsin. It was real. It happened. You know, we're going to hear from John Cook later in the in the podcast, but I, I listened to his post-game press conference, and I agree with him. Players know, because what happened was the players said, no, she touched the net, right? Yeah. And that's why he used the green card, which you get an extra one in that fifth game, to, to appeal it. And I agree with him. Players know. They they, they instinctively know because they've played so much. Well, and they're four inches away yeah. <laughs> from yeah. the net, from the yeah. other players on plays like that. Uh, but you said something controversial happened in the Augie game. So but I know, calm down, everybody. We're going to get to the Northwestern <laughs> game. We're going to get to the Northwestern well, game. I promise you that. But you, you were like, hey, something controversial happened. And well, I, you intrigued me. It was kind of interesting just because at the end of the game, so Augustana was in control of this game from the beginning. It wasn't one of these cool come-from-behind wins. I mean, Augustana came out. It was 7-3 Augustana at halftime. But they just kind of traded some big punches in the first half, and Augustana hung in there, played well. Looked like they were in control of the game. Second half, Augie comes out, puts up two more touchdowns. They're up 21-3. to Mankato scores. I, I called it almost a junk-time touchdown. Yeah. I think there was about – about two and a half, three minutes left to make it 21-10. So it's an 11-point lead for Augustana. They kick back off to Augustana. Augustana takes it, gets down into the red zone. So they're now in scoring position again with about a couple of minutes left in the game. Which you could probably run out the clock at that point, right? Except Mankato has all three timeouts. Okay, which a normal team would would try to do that to get the ball back. Exactly. So you got Todd Hoffner, who's been at Mankato for probably about a decade now, and is they, they've kind of consistently been one of, if not the best teams in the yeah. conference in that 10-year span. Augustan has got a conference title in there. Um, I, I think Bemidji's got one, but it's kind of been Mankato's show. Well, Hoffner, really good coach. He does what it, it's kind of like. There's no, there's no, there's no prizes for ending the game with all your timeouts. So Augustana tries to run out the clock, runs three straight running plays. Hoffner calls a timeout after each one, which is is typical. And there's about a minute left. Yeah. So now it's fourth down. Augustana's in the red zone. You've got you can just run another play and turn it over on downs and burn another you know, few seconds. Not yeah. going to be much. It'll be a few seconds, but there's about a minute left. You can kick a field goal to go up by four to go up. So instead of an eleven point lead, it's fourteen. Which point you feel lead. safer at that point? Yeah, but it's still a, it's whether it's eleven points. Yeah. If it's a, if it's eleven points, you're probably not going to go for two. You're in a field goal. You're probably going to go for a, an onside kick. And by the way, this this is applicable. And I don't even know the rest of the story. This is applicable to any college football game or any football game any period. level yes. anywhere so you've got a two you've got an 11 point lead it's fourth down they just called their last time out do you try the field goal do you go for it do you run it so what do they do they line up and basically run a play action pass mankato's thinking they're gonna run it I think it was like fourth and three, maybe. So Mankato's thinking they're going to run it and go 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 for it on fourth down and try and get the first down and then take one more knee and end the game. Augustana coaches decide, you know what? Let's just put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the call. 
catch them off guard, play action pass, loft it to wide receiver in the end zone, touchdown, 28-10 ball game. Okay. There's no – there is probably more noise from some of the Augustana press and fans that I heard that was like – Oh, man, was that necessary? Is that yes, running it's up the necessary. score? It, you're and not I'm, running up the score. And I'm sitting here going like, yeah, they are not mathematically eliminated from this game. And I have seen a lot of shit happen in one minute of football where I have seen scores, onside kicks, and more scores again. Go back to last week if you, if you watched the uh, – God, there was a couple of games that were pretty amazing finishes last week, and now I'm complete – The I think one was the Houston game. Uh, so the I mean, but it was one of those games where you had two or three scores happen in a span of about forty five seconds at the end of a game where I've seen two three scores happen in forty five seconds look before. At the, look at the Oklahoma Central Florida game yesterday. That well, there was that one. I think it was. It might have been the Oklahoma game the week, but no, nah, that was a blowout. I can't remember. I know the Houston game was in there. Um, it was, I think, Houston and West Virginia. If you get a chance, go back and check out that game from last week. Uh, because it was one of those games where, uh, like, like Houston scored, then West Virginia scored, and it was just this sudden turn of events that all happened within a span of just a few seconds. That stuff does happen. So I'm sitting there and going, okay, they're not mathematically eliminated from this game. Let's mathematically eliminate it. it, it if, all- I'm the, if I'm Hoffner... He made the right call by calling a timeout on all three of those run plays. If I'm Augustana, they made the right call in, in calling for the touchdown. Yeah, I, I think they made the right call. Now, was Mankato State upset about the call? Or is it more Augustana fans going, well, that was bad sportsmanship? Because if you're saying that about it, your home team... It kind of came more from the Augustana voices that I heard, whether it was fans or media. Um my son has a he's got a high school classmate who plays for Mankato and I mean they we hung out with them for a little bit after the game and they were upset but I think they were just more upset about the fact that they got beat. Yeah, they were in the driver's seat for the conference came into came into Sioux Falls and and it wasn't close. I mean like I said even at 21-10 it wasn't a close game. So they got Augustine has got Wayne State in Wayne next. So that's a big one. If they win that one, they got Northern State, who actually upset Wayne over the weekend. Came Wayne had a 19-point. See, that's the thing. No lead is safe. Wayne Wayne State blew a 19-point lead to Northern State out of Aberdeen and dropped to 5-3. and three. Hopefully, if Augustana beats Wayne, they beat Aberdeen. You go into the Bemidji game with at least a share of the conference title. So yeah, I I, I don't think I don't think that's controversial. You go you score and you put it. You have to eliminate eliminate a team mathematically. Now, if there's five seconds left on the clock, no, then you yeah, yeah then it, you don't. They it, don't they they can't score twice in five no. seconds. A minute they, you they, can. You got a minute left. I've seen teams score twice in a minute. Absolutely. It is totally possible. So, uh, yeah, it may be controversial, but I actually think it's the, the, the right call. So congratulations on a win. And that is applicable to any scenario in football at any level. Hey, we are drinking beer today from uh, Blowing Rock Brewery out of North Carolina. And this is out of Hickory, North Carolina. We want to thank Blake. I got a shipment sent to the the, the P.O. box. It's not really a P.O. box. It's my work address. <laughs> but it's the uh, Blowing Rock Oktoberfest 
I'm not an Oktoberfest guy. I'm usually not either. I like lagers. I'm not a big the it's the was it the Marzen style? Yeah, is what the Oktoberfest are. By the way, I like this a lot. It's I, a good beer. I do like this yes, one. It's just, you it's, know, it's not I, heavy. Yeah, I say I don't like Oktoberfests. This is about as close to kind of the seat like the holiday seasonal thing I'll get. Yeah. Like I, I'm referencing more like your pumpkin beers that I think are best served by pouring them down the sink. <laughs> I just, I can't stand pumpkin ales. Well, I I don't like pump I don't like pumpkin anything. I you know everybody's like so excited when when Starbucks comes out with their pumpkin uh, spice, their pumpkin yeah, spice yeah, latte. Yeah. I'm like I owned a coffee shop. I hated making pumpkin spice. I'm like, why do you guys drink this shit? It, it's not good. Co- it's not coffee. It's not. I like my coffee black. That's yeah. it. I like just, black coffee. Just go eat. Just go eat a, like get a spoon, pop open a can of pumpkin pie filling, and just eat it out of the can. The, if you're gonna do that, the only you know I like fruited sours, and I think you do too. But yeah. the only other fruit that's not a sour that but I like in my also, beer, but that's also a pretty traditional type of beer. It, it is the only fruit I kind of like. Uh, there's, well, I should say there's a couple. I, I like a good Abita down Abita's, in Abita's blueberry. blueberry. That's they, a good one. Their but strawberry's pretty good. I like Keg Creek's um, apricot. I have I've seen it. I have not tried it. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to get some apricot. I mean, that's. But I like a lot of Keg Creek stuff. Yeah. I've tried a lot of their beers. So that, that that's a good one. But Blake out of North Carolina. Thank you so much. It's a very solid Oktoberfest. If you get a chance, Blowing Rock, give it a try. This is probably. One of, if not the best Oktoberfests I've ever. Had. I, I I agree with you. That that's awesome. And I have to, and I have tried a number of Oktoberfests. Again, it's not my favorite type of beer. This is probably one of the best ones I've ever. I, had. I would drink this again. I would totally. Yeah, yeah. I would actually. Now it's one of those things. We try some of these specific types or specific beers from a given craft brewery. It kind of it's one of those like, well, God, if they can nail an Oktoberfest well enough that I like it. Now I want to try some of their other stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'll maybe go check at Beer, Wine, and Spirit, see if they'll get it in. Well, the hard part is sometimes they don't distribute this far away, right? Because they, that they, is have, true. they have limited numbers. So uh, if you ever get to North Carolina, uh, I, you know, I don't Hickory. Know, Hickory. I've been to North Carolina, but it's been a bit, it was the last time I was in North Carolina was for the Nebraska Ooh. Wake Forest game. And I, I, I played I flew- the, Played the Panthers there a couple oh, times did when I was with the in the NFL. I'd actually like to spend more time in North Carolina. Beautiful state. It looks absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, so if you if you want us to try beer, uh, we always accept shipments. Just send us uh, an email, DocTalkSports at Gmail. So yeah, com. big thanks to Blake. This was this was a good one. Here's Matt Rule after the Northwestern game yesterday. Uh, let let me try that again, shall we? Because I'm an idiot and didn't turn that up. Here's Matt Rule after the Northwestern game yesterday. But I'll just say this, you know, um, I think we would have lost that game at the beginning of the year. And after all the adversity we've gone through and the toughness we're building, uh, that's a game that we now win. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I, well, again, it, every game is now like the Minnesota game, is I guess how I look at it. And by the way, it's going to be like that from here on out. Yes, hundred percent. I think they've done a good job of. I hate saying finding a way to win, just because it's such a vague thing. They're finding ways to do certain things to win games. They're doing a better job of figuring out how to overcome turnovers because they had a couple on Saturday. Yeah. 
Harbor um, got two picks. Yeah. So it's they're finding ways to do some good things. They're finding some ways to overcome stuff. Having the defense they have is huge. I mean, God, I re- some of these defensive coaches like Terrence Knighton, the D line yep. coach. There is a night. Oh God, that sounds like such a play on words. <laughs> There's such a night and day difference. Somebody needs that needs to be a T-shirt. Night and day, like Terrence Knighton, and then just so K N I G H T O N day. Night and day I, difference. I can get that made because um, our good friends at Raygun, um, who have a, a shop in Omaha, they're always asking me for ideas for Nebraska let's, T-shirts. Let's let's reopen the shop. So we need to do a night and day okay. T-shirt, and then. I've got people requesting "Sorry, Dave" T-shirts. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll. I think we need to maybe reopen the the "Sorry, Dave" at least for a limited run because okay. I myself am going to put an order in. <laughs> okay. I think we can do that. I think we can make that happen. But but you're right. The defense was exceptional yesterday. Eight sacks uh, on Northwestern. We did a great job on Northwestern uh, on on third down conversions. I think, uh, what were they on third down? They were a three of 15 on third down conversion. Matt rule talked about what he liked most out of the, I got my game defense just in, and they're right in front of you too, by the way. Um, see, I come prepared. I lay all this stuff Dude, out for you. You kind of do. Yeah. I, 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 I try do. to make your life as easy as I can. Uh, because th- that's what I'm here to do is make your life easier. You've got me so much stuff, though. It's like information <laughs> overload. But but Matt Rowe brought up something key is that what he liked the most wasn't necessarily the stats, but it's the little things that make a big difference, and that is if somebody if, – if a player is getting ahead of you or, or in this case behind you or however you want to look at it, the ability to catch up, make a play when somebody – appears to have a step or two, but they're able to catch up, make a tackle, and not a, and make a gain a lot shorter than what it could have been. Yeah, and there's there's a couple things that play there with that, and one is is having the athletes to do it, and they're getting some of these younger, faster guys out there, and I think that makes a big difference. There's a recognition thing as well, too, where it's one thing to get beat; it's another thing to be so completely out of position. That when you get beat, there's no way to make up for it. There's, t- I mean, kind of the phrase we always used to use is, hey, sometimes, guess what? The other guy's getting a paycheck too. Like sometimes you get beat just because the the other guy's good enough to beat you on occasion. And I'm talking about one-on-one matchups amongst football players or any athletes, for instance. But uh, you're going to get beat. The question is, is can you have yourself – in a good enough position, can you recognize that you're about to get beat and make those little adjustments such that you're that 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 sort of that margin of error, that catch up margin is actually small enough you you can still get the guy for with and only do min, have him do minimal damage to you. So there there is there's a certain skill set there in that. Um, this defense will carry Nebraska's at four wins now. I, I, you did not pick Nebraska to hit the over at six and a half. Everybody thinks that, uh, I'm Mr. Negative. I'm the one who picked Nebraska to win seven games. I think Nebraska's still going to get there. Uh, Yeah, I I technically did not pick the over. Yeah, I picked the over. I thought six. 
is what I thought, but that's still not the over. Yeah, not the over, but uh, if they hit the over, the defense will be the reason. Yes. Uh, yes. This offense, listen, every offense, we're going to get to the West not Division. Iowa. It, listen, <laughs> I, I think you make the argument about every offense in the West Division. And we're going to talk about it's the horrible. West Division late, well, later. And the division itself is a thing, too, because it's when you're, Nebraska would have no chance of, of getting six if they were in the East. No, zero. I just don't think it's a possibility. The fact that they're in the West is what gives them that opportunity. The fact that the schedule is so weak. Um, and things get tougher. I mean, for Nebraska, when you look at the elimination of the uh, of the, uh, of the of divisions – Wow, that Big Ten's going to be a that's going to be a rough conference. It really, really is. I mean, now that being said, I think Nebraska, if they can keep doing what they're doing and keep making some forward movements here with what they're doing, that's it. I mean, you, you look. So Scott Frost, when he was the coach, Mike Riley's. I'm going to just say Mike Riley's third year through the Scott Frost era. So there's six years. It's not like they had this just brutal grinding schedule. It was the Big Ten West. And I get it. You had, Iowa had some good years. Wisconsin was a strong team for a lot of those years. You still had a couple of those those East Division teams that you had to play. The, the thing is, however, it, it's, it was a schedule that was set up for you to get five to seven wins every year, and Nebraska wasn't able to do that. And so now we're winning some of these games that, I mean, you think about how bad, how down Nebraska's been. You have a coaching change, and sometimes if you really truly have, if the cupboard's not bare, if you really truly have the horses in the stable, which is what I think Pelini had when he first came in, nobody ever bitched and moaned about Callahan's recruiting. No. His recruiting was outstanding. Nebraska had a lot of talent. It's just, what did you do with that? You can have a situation where you've got a ton of talent. You have a new guy come in like Pelini, tweaks a few things, especially on defense, and all of a sudden you're back to being a a nine-win-a-year team. Uh, That was not the situation that Matt Rule came into. I think he had little bit of talent. He had a fair amount of some pretty athletic guys at certain spots. But, I mean, when you look at this team right now, I mean, this is not who you'd put together. I mean, would you want to put together a football team where just look at quarterback, where you've got a turnover machine. Who, I mean, guy's an, an outstanding athlete, but you got a turnover machine in Sims. you got Harburg, who – is probably the in my mind he will still and always will be he's like a really he's like a really big really strong Luke McCaffrey he he's like a small tight end big slot guy h back type who in a perfect world he'd be playing like an h back slot tight end kind of guy for us in my, I can see that. In my opinion, that's Luke McCaffrey was a slot wide receiver. Took him two transfers post Nebraska to land at Rice and realize, huh, I'm not a quarterback. 
Harburg's not either. Harburg's not going to go play quarterback in the NFL ever. Does he have a strong arm? Yeah. He can throw the ball. The guy's a runner and receiver and blocker. By the way, I've seen Harburg block. He'll light your ass up. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a strong dude. Um, But, I mean, if you look at the quarterback position and then Chubba Purdy, which all due respect to Brock – Chubb is not Brock Purdy. No. So I, I I look at what Rule came into from just a talent standpoint. Man, there were some holes to fill. And, and I know a lot of people looked at what Colorado did after the first few weeks of the season. We were like, why couldn't we have done that? Why couldn't we have gone to the portal and brought in 80 guys and fill these holes? Because that's not the way to do it. Well. Maybe for Deion Sanders. It can be. It can be. It sometimes can work. It just, I look at what Rule's doing. He, he's, a, he's a developmental guy. He's, let's get a bunch of guys in here right away. Young guys. Let's get some freshmen, sophomores in here, and we're going to develop them over the next two years. I I got to be honest. I kind of wonder if Rule – I don't want to call it a throwout year. I think Rule wants to do everything he can to win right now, which is why he gambled on on, on t- with Thompson and Sims at quarterback. He kind of made this, God, we're not going to see Casey actually be able to go live until fall camp. And he's coming off of a shoulder surgery. And I can get this kid out of Georgia Tech. He's a freak athlete, turnover machine even then. But shit, at least he's a freak athlete. I might be able to do something with him. There's enough experience on the defensive side of the football to where you can do that. Offensively, you're starting to see some of those younger guys step up. Malachi Coleman, uh, Thomas Fedoni. So you're getting that blend of experience on defense, which is where Nebraska excels. Yeah. And the younger guys stepping up on offense. Now, offense, they're still horrible. Uh, and, and that's not being disrespectful. It's just, just not that good. Just not that good. And by the way, we're going to get to it. No other team in the West offensively is very good. Harburg yesterday, passing Rob, was 8 of 17, two picks, uh, a TD. He had 85 total yards, 44 on one pass. Well, and again, that's the thing that I, I know Rule said he feels like Harburg's still trying to do too much, still pressing. I think if Harburg just, you know, I'm just going to play within the system. I'm not going to force a play if it's truly not there and just take care of the ball, be that game manager. And about twice a game, he's going to have a chance to use that athletic ability to make a big play, whether it's a big pass like he had against Coleman or if it's a big run. Like He's had a couple of these big touchdown runs that are pretty impressive. He's going to have those opportunities. If he plays the game manager role, I I think that's all they really need from him. And, I mean, and, he's got one loss as a starting quarterback – if he just kind of sticks to that, okay, play within the system, play within in my ability, he's not one of these guys. He's just not going to go light you up for 400 yards passing in a game. Well, he's just not. And this team's not going to get 400 yards passing. This team's not going to get 300 yards rushing. It is what it is. But in, in, in this division, defense can win you football games. And defense won Nebraska football games yesterday. 
Northwestern got into the into the red zone three times. Usually scores touchdowns when it gets in the end zone. Did not get any touchdowns. And that to, was a, and that was a change we haven't seen yeah. in the past years. Northwestern. It, it's not like you watched this game and thought at any point, "Oh my God, we we're going to really potentially lose to these guys." Watching the game, which I watched, I kind of did my standard watch the first half late last night, watched the second half early this morning. At no point watching the game would I have looked at it and thought like, "Oh yeah, Northwestern is going to put is going to pull this thing out." Last year over in Ireland. Even before the damn onside kick, I'm still th- sitting there going like, "Yeah, I just don't like the way Nebraska looks in this game. There's just they don't have that sense of control. Even with the mistakes that Nebraska had yesterday, I still felt like they were in control of the game, even with those turnovers. This is not a knock on Nebraska because I think it applies to probably several teams in the West Division. Nebraska could easily win every game from here on out, or it could lose every they, game. And we've said that on this podcast yeah. before. They could lose every single game going forward. Which, I mean... I don't think they do, by the way. No, I don't either. I think the um, I think the Iowa-Minnesota game, which I think that's on the docket here at some point. Am I well, getting too not far the game ahead? itself, but just the, the, the play, but we'll gotcha. get to that. But I mean, okay, so if we're just talking about the Big Ten West, look at the Iowa-Minnesota game. That is a perfect example of the Big Ten West. You've got it. You've got two teams. Neither's great. Iowa has great special teams and a really, really good defense. It's not their best ever, but that's still a damn good defense. They should have won the game, but God, their offense is so horrible in this division. Anybody has the anybody could win on any given day. Anybody could lose on any given day. I mean, I've never seen that where everybody is equally so damn mediocre. It, mediocre is a very good way to put it. Uh, you know, Matt Rule, say what you want about him. The dude, he, he knows what he's doing. And what I mean by that, he's a PR master. Because this made every Nebraska fan happy yesterday when, and he did this unsolicited. No, he, he didn't even wait for the press to ask him about the touchdown pass to Malachi Coleman. He did this unsolicited, which I think was a brilliant public relations move. I don't do anything theatrical during games. I don't point to the crowd. I don't point to my family. But I did point up to Coach Osborne's box because Coach Osborne came in and said, if you guys are going to keep running the belly G option, you have to run the belly G pass. And Ron's been telling us that, for, and we've been running it. But, but uh, we got that turnover, and we said, let's run it. And uh, Malachi, that's the route. Uh, that's the route that you run for the love of the game to get everyone else open. And Malachi ran by everybody, ran the belly G option pass, uh, hit it for a touchdown. And so I thought we played like a team. Now, I asked you, what does the belly G option pass mean? And your answer is? I don't know. I have no freaking clue what the belly G is. So let's just put it in simpleton terms. I think the G's guard because you have a guard. You have the right the guard pulls on the play, but it's a play action pass. Exactly. In simple it. in it's simple play, terms, it's play action. It's a play action pass. It's not a bootleg. It's just a, it's a classic play action pass. It worked perfectly. Which, if you watch the doc's diagnosis, watch it this week. It, we, we break down that play, and we, we break down why it worked. I mean, you, you've been running the ball the whole game. You've been passing poorly. Northwestern's expecting the run. By the way, and, and, and 
And they didn't run well, by the way, either. No, no but, but they leaned on it. But you lean on it and you stick to it. Yeah. Right? They, they, they didn't. A lot of teams, if something's not working, they just go all over the place and nothing works. They just stuck with the run, got 163 yards of, of rushing. And in a game like this, that's a difference maker. It is. So, and Nebraska still, I'm pretty sure they still did not have the time of possession win. I think no, it, was, they didn't. It, was, it was like 29 to 31, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, it was 30 52 to 29 08. It's basically 29 31. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rough, but I mean, it's. They did a great job on that play, selling the run up front with the offensive line. Uh, Lyndon Meyer comes crashing down on what looks like a tight end block on the right side. All three linebackers, both safeties and a corner, totally bite on the run. They come up thinking run 100%. Coleman blasts past that corner, which the, the corner had safety help on the play. But I mean, again, you've got a four, like a pretty legit four one four two forty yard dash. Guy Nobody's catching that dude going against a safety. It's it's like that's a mismatch right there, especially when the the four one four two dude is six six. Yeah, because like, he yeah, probably had four or five inches on him. Easy, like yeah, you you've lost that one. Uh, Alex Bullock's pride of Creighton Prep. He, he's the slot guy on the right. He comes up, comes across on a kind of a deeper crossing pattern. He's wide open because everybody's got their eyes in the backfield looking at the run still. And then Luke Lindenmeyer, who is lined up at that right side tight end, crashes down with a really great run block fake. He forces his way through, and, and, and he ends up wide open. It would have been about a 10- or 12-yard gain if they'd gone to him. But you had three guys completely wide open because everybody from Northwestern bit on the run. And it wasn't even that great of a fake, but it was just enough. It was. The the line. The thing is, though, a lot of those guys, they're not necessarily looking at that quarterback running back. They're looking at the line? Fake. They're looking at the offensive line. What are the tight ends doing? Oh, I see an offensive lineman pulling. I see the pad level of the offensive line. I see the direction of the blocks they're making. They were thinking run the whole way based upon what the line and Lyndon Meyer did at the tight end spot. Now, the backfield action, the backfield motion, again, it's it's a run, it, it's a run play from the motion that they've got. But, I mean, even late in that play, if you look – it's amazing how long the linebackers keep their eyes in the backfield. I mean, up until the moment that Harburg actually cocks his arm to throw the ball, those linebackers are still looking into the offensive backfield thinking it's a run. And they every I think the entire Northwestern team thought it was a run. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The the one guy who didn't would have was the safety who was helping out on Coleman and I guarantee you that guy was dropping F-bombs left and right because he knew he had no chance. It, 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 <laughs> he was screwed from the get-go, it, and he was the only guy, I think, who recognized, oh, shit, the 6'6", 4'140 dude's blowing past me, 
and that's where the ball's going, and we've got no st- no no chance in hell of stopping this. And Dr. Rob mentioned the uh, doc's diagnosis presented by Census Federal Credit Union. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, do so because uh, we want you to check those out. Those they're, they're worth taking a look at, and we really go in deep. On really, even on this play, what a split second may, means is that help safety. He he was on Malachi, but he made just a, a weird rotation with his hips, he and it had, made all the difference. He did, and he also, I mean, there was just a split second there at the very start of the play. He's the one guy I think that recognized this ain't a run. But there was still just a split second that that line movement and the backfield motion kept his eyes on the offensive backfield. But hes I think he's the one guy who recognized early on, this isn't a run, and oh, by the way, we, we're screwed. We've already been beaten on the play. Um, so make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel today. Um, you won't regret it. Uh, you can also check out the, the Behind the Point Spread show. Uh, this podcast is on the YouTube channel. Uh, the shorts that we put out on a, on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, lots of content up there on the YouTube channel. Uh, I have downloaded the Brentford Sports app. Have you? Uh, I was, I, believe it or not, Rob, I lost for the first time yesterday. I went two and one. I know oh. I was I was seven and zero going into the week. I went two and one. Uh, I lost the West Virginia Oklahoma State game. I took West Virginia at home. I lost that. I ended up winning the Alabama Tennessee game. I took Alabama and the points. I was a little worried there because Tennessee was up. Uh, what was the spread on that one? Uh, I think it was nine and a half. Okay, uh, Alabama yeah. ended up pulling away, and then I think fourteen point. I was the one I was really sweating. I took uh, I took Wisconsin at Illinois. And Illinois, then I I got Wisconsin at three and a half. I'm not touching Wisconsin at this point. Well, How I, co- well I'm curious why you would have taken them. It was it was a after gut feeling. the Illinois win at Maryland and their quarterbacks and the, down. Yeah, and the Wisconsin loss to Iowa. That's one of those. I hey, I won the game. I don't know why I did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Wisconsin at three and a, it was one of those bad with my get, gut. Yeah, I get it, but man, that just seems like it's one of those no. You, what you talk about, you're looking for value. I thought there was value. You there. bet. I think you bet. You got lucky because I, I, I did. I did. One hundred percent. I think you bet outside of your comfort zone. I don't know if comfort zone, outside of the rules you tend to follow. I, I would agree with you. You've got like a set of criteria and some parameters you look for in bets. Dude, I, I'm looking at that one just going like, man, that was like, that That seemed like a no value one to me. Uh, if you're looking for value, if you're looking to place your bets, download the Betfred Sports app today. Uh, go to betfredsports.com to find out where Betfred is actually doing business. Uh, if you're listening in eastern Nebraska, the best place to do it is in Iowa. If you're in western Nebraska, uh, the best place to do it is in Colorado. Uh, but you're going to get uh, all sorts of uh, great bonuses, uh, great customer service. You do got to be 21 plus to place those bets. You got to be located in the state. You don't have to live there. You just have to drive across the border uh, to bet in the state that, that it's legal. And uh, there are terms and conditions. And if you do have a gambling problem, call 1 800 bets off. So Wisconsin rallies to beat Illinois. Wisconsin's now 3 and 1 in Big Ten play, which puts them on top of the Western Division. We mentioned the Western Division before. We're going to talk a little bit about it now. Wisconsin's at three and one. I was at three and two. They got a bye week next week, but uh, and then Minnesota at two and two. Nebraska at two and two. Nebraska. We said it a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again. Nebraska to me is the team that controls its own destiny. 
Nebraska can win the West Division. And Wisconsin, because Wisconsin's not beating Ohio State. That's just not going to happen. It has Nebraska and Minnesota left on the schedule. Iowa has Northwestern in a couple weeks at Wrigley Field. Then has Rutgers. Rutgers look good against Indiana. Uh, Has Illinois and then has Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, and this isn't all of them because they got Purdue coming up, but they got Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, Northwestern's not going to win it. Purdue's not going to win it. Illinois' not going to win it. It's really now a four-team race between Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. But Minnesota has Ohio State. They're not going to beat Ohio State, so that's going to give them another loss. Nebraska legitimately can win the West Division. That's crazy. Although, And by the way, so, nobody in the West has beaten the East. I don't care. It ain't happening. Nobody's going to beat Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Not going to happen. I get that. No, and I totally agree there. I so I look at what Nebraska's got up next. I mean, so we're sitting at four and three right now. I had six wins. I th- did. I have six or seven. I think you had six. I had seven. You had six. okay. I had six. You, you got Purdue and Michigan State up next. I think those are out of. I mean, because you even listed here Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Yeah. I think Nebraska. My my hope would be again if they can continue to find ways to win, ways to not lose games, even. I think they get those six wins over the next two games. I I don't disagree with you. So, I mean, that puts them at six and three. That last three is a stretch. My hope would be is that Nebraska goes into those last three games and can steal one win out of the three. If they do that, I think most Husker fans are going to be ecstatic. I think because that gives you you finish the year seven and five at that point. I have no problem saying this. I I think they beat Iowa. Iowa offensively is horrible. Here's what here's where I worry about that. I look at the Nebraska Iowa game last year. Nebraska got several turnovers. How many turnovers were in that game? But that like Iowa two had three, two or three. I thought Iowa had three turnovers. I don't know. They had three turnovers, and at the end of the game, it was a one-score game. And that was Nebraska had, in my opinion, a better quarterback situation where they had a slightly healthy Casey Thompson, uh, and you had Trey Palmer. I mean, you had a true NFL guy at wide receiver, and it was still a one-score game. Now, it was different coaching staff. I get, I get that. But, I mean, I thought Mickey and those guys did a pretty good job. When, once Frost got fired, they got past the Oklahoma game. That was like last year's Michigan game was the Oklahoma game for Nebraska. It was just that one game where you knew you were going to get just boot-stomped regardless. Uh, but I thought Nebraska d- did a good job of kind of shoring things up, playing solid football the rest of the way. In that win over Iowa, you had a better quarterback situation. You had an NFL guy at wide receiver. The defense was definitely suspect. But you ended up, like at the end of the day, it was still just a one-score game against but it's Iowa. A win. But it's a win. All, all it I know was, is this. I, just, I look at Iowa and I'm just like, man, there is a defense – and a special teams unit. Statistically, Nebraska's defense is better than Iowa. Statistically. I'll have, the, yeah. the, 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 the point total for that game may be like 24 points. 
I'm serious. Yeah, the over under is going to be it, like it, I can't wait. I I cannot wait to see what the over under is d- on this, that game. D- so Wisconsin's at three and one. Does does two losses or three losses win the West? I, I mean, Hold you've on, got, I'm, you've looking got Wisconsin the, I'm looking at the numbers you got here. So Wisconsin, oh, Wisconsin's at three and one. They're going to pick. They're going to pick up a loss to Ohio State. Yeah. And that the games I have in parentheses aren't necessarily all the games left. It's no, who I it's, thought it's, were the the tougher the, games. The tougher games. Yeah. I God, this this is tough because again, I look at this and I think, okay, Wisconsin's three and one. They lose to Ohio State. Then the tougher games they got after that, it's Nebraska and Minnesota. Wisconsin lost to Iowa. Yeah, lost to Iowa at home. Iowa lost to Minnesota. Yeah. Nebraska should have beat Minnesota. Should have. I could see, game, I could see Wisconsin losing all. It, it goes back to what you said earlier. Every Wisconsin, team in the West, Wisconsin could win all three. Well, I'm sorry, they're not going to beat Ohio State, but Wisconsin could beat both Nebraska and Minnesota. Wisconsin could lose to both Nebraska and Minnesota. Iowa. They've got Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, they'll be, Nebraska. They'll, they'll beat Northwestern. Do you think so? Yeah. But again, I could see Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. I could see it going either way with those three for Iowa. Minnesota, the two tougher games they got left, Ohio State and Wisconsin. They're going to lose to Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. It can go either way. And that's because that's at Minnesota. Yeah. Then you got Nebraska, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Same thing. I could I can sit here and try to analyze it five ways from Sunday. And it's still, I'm going to come out of it going like, um, yeah, I'm completely 50-50 on those three games. I think Nebraska has the edge over Purdue. I think Nebraska's got the edge over Michigan State. After that, man, it's a crapshoot. Although if they beat Purdue and Michigan State and, you all, got of momentum. A, and all of a sudden we're at 6-3. and three, Momentum's a big deal. Momentum's huge. That taste of winning is huge. And all of a sudden, if you can get, like like I said, if Nebraska does beat Purdue and does beat Michigan State and gets to that six-win mark, I think they do win one out of those last three and get to seven wins. And if that happens, God, we're all sitting around going like, this was the greatest coaching job we've seen in the last 20 years at Nebraska. I, I, and it's hard to argue with that, right? Hey, if you're looking for legal help, we asked Connor Orr to come on today because there's been some uh, NIL stuff happening, but for some Warty reason... family time. I, I mean, he had a, a dog trainer? Who who takes their dog to a dog trainer? You know, they get family pictures, I guess. Yeah, but he had, I, I get the family pictures, but he, he goes, hey guys, can't make it. I got the dog trainer, and I got the family photos. I gotta hey, floss my cat tonight. Yeah, you I don't can't. put dog trainer on there. You just say, hey, I've got family photos. When you add the dog trainer, that weakens you a little bit. But uh, Connor is <laughs> one hell of an, an attorney. Uh, and, of course, he's a friend of the show. Uh, we'll have Connor on probably uh, either before the end of the season or after the season because there's so much still happening in the NIL space. He's a licensed sports agent in Nebraska. He works directly with athletes and businesses to help them navigate the ever-changing landscape of name, image, and likeness. Plus, he uh, does litigation in both Nebraska and Iowa on business planning, uh, state planning, planning, and real estate uh, transactions. So call Connor Orr today at 402-408-6488. Make sure to get to Husker Hounds. Uh, October is almost over, 
and Halloween's still right around the corner. Uh, October house flags, 25% off. Same for, for the ceramic game day party trays, travel mugs. And uh, you can get the cheerleader or football jersey for 25% off. And they come with a free set of pom-poms. That's right. You can go as uh, you can get the free set of pom-poms. Two locations in the Omaha area, the Superstore at 84th and Center, out west at 171st and Lakeside Hills Plaza. Or make it easy on yourself, go to huskerhounds.com, uh, where you can get free shipping on orders over 50 bucks and a flat rate shipping of four ninety-five on anything under $50. Cheapest shipping out there. It really, really is. So what do you think? And they will honor any deal they're having. They'll they'll honor it online. Or you just call the store and ask. They'll do, they, they take phone orders all the time. So on the Doc's Diagnosis this week, we take a look at the 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 G belly option pass or whatever. It, it's play the action play action pass. pass. Play action pass, to put it in layman's terms. We also take a look at a non-Nebraska play. And I, I know people are going to upset because you, you got to talk about Iowa. But here's the deal. The Cooper DeGene punt return against Minnesota is being talked about because of the flag that was called during a review. It wasn't a flag. Is after review, they called the punt return back, which would have gave, given Iowa a win. And it was for an invalidated signal or invalid signal. He didn't call fair catch. He pointed at the football and he waved his arm. He was waving guys off. He was worried about. He wasn't somebody. waving anybody off, dude. There was no. There's nobody. What was he doing then? He was waving guys off. Can you say, hey, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Do you think it's hard to go into a guy's subconscious mind? It really. I, mean, I think it's. I think it's a reflexive thing for punt returners if there is remotely any concern whatsoever about the ball bouncing and hitting a, hitting one of your one of the other guys on the receiving team and becoming a live ball. It's a reflexive thing. You want to wave those guys off, and I think that's what he was doing. Let me. What was he doing otherwise? I can't answer for him. I, all I can do is have my. He own. was waving guys off. He uh, was pointing. It's it's going to bounce short. I'm waving guys off. I need everybody to get the hell out of the vicinity. That's what he was doing. Now, none of to be fair, uh, I don't know if anybody saw him because he was waving with his left. I, I, let's say you're right. Let's say you're right. And He's I waving get to the, it. And nobody sees him. Minnesota sure as hell didn't stop playing football at that point. No. No. I mean, everybody played it as if it was a live no, ball. Nobody, and that's the thing. I don't think anybody looked at this and thought, oh, he's calling a fair catch. No one thought that. And I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying he was trying to wave guys off. And they called it an invalid. After review. Yeah. Now, I think what you do a good job of, bringing this back to Nebraska, is the disconcerting signs, yeah, right? or, or signals, yeah. right? I mean, it, it is. If you, if you're an Iowa fan, you're pissed off. If this would have happened in Nebraska, Nebraska fans would be livid, right? They hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think everybody can look at it and go, "Well, if that happened to your team, you would be pissed off." And that's what I I, I try to give officials more slack, and I always look at most penalties, going, "Okay." If the call was reversed and either went for you or against you, how would you feel? Because, yeah. I mean, that's a good indication. Um, I, and I'd, I'd probably take it a step further because I look at these calls from the sense of, from a textbook standpoint, was it or was it not the correct call? It was the correct call. And so that's from a textbook part, standpoint. So that's part of the way I look at it because I'm sitting here going, at the end of the day, 
these officials are going to go back to their post-game reviews with, with the conference, and the conference isn't going to give a rat's ass. Hey, what was the game situation? What were the emotions like? But would you agree that what was un- what was on the line at the time that you I don't made that call? No one is asking those questions. The only questions that are going to get asked are: Was this, from a technical rule standpoint, the correct call or not? And that is the only thing these guys are getting graded. But on. but would you agree? I I don't disagree with that. But you would agree with me, I would hope, that if you were to go through the entire rule book, every single play, a rule is being broken. Holding would well, be a perfect I don't know example. About, yeah, I don't know about every single play, but damn near. Damn near. You it, could call something yes. on damn near every single play. It's You're looking for the big stuff, so there's kind of this gradation as you go through what those officials are looking at. There's kind of the big glaring things they're looking at, then there's kind of some of the maybe slightly less obvious stuff, and then you get into some of the, the real subtle stuff. And this was a real subtle thing, and that's why they didn't call it at the time. Yeah, it, was, it happened during review, uh, which is an interesting call. Now, to be fair... Everybody's saying it cost Iowa the game. No, it didn't. Iowa was down twelve to ten. It got well, the foot- it did. I mean, well, it, but but listen to me here. You took a touchdown I, away. That Iowa cost got the, the ball game. back down twelve to ten. It had great field position, just on the backside of the fifty. All it had to do is get to the thirty. It had the wind at its back. All it needed to get to was like the thirty-five. Kick a field goal. Kick a field goal and win it. Iowa's offense is so bad, so bad, it couldn't even do that. I'm just saying from a perspective of, you know, you look at it and go, you, you try to read what's in a guy's mind. Was it a psych job? I don't think it was. You, you think it was a, a, a waving guys off. So, But that's when you have to I mean, the to- ball originally bounced. If you look at the play live, when the ball lands, it's landing within five yards yeah. of Iowa and Minnesota players. That's a potential for disaster in terms of the ball bouncing in the wrong way, clipping a Iowa guy, and then ending up in the hands of a Minnesota player. But it's been fun, and I've had fun with it, and you you've had a little bit of fun with it because that's what it is. That's what makes sports fun, or, or debates like this. My only thing is, if that would have happened to to you, you would be livid. You'd today. be pissed. Yes. Now, you know, I'll say this also. I'm pissed any time Nebraska's been hit with a disconcerting signals yeah, call. Because it's stupid. It's, it is. It's one of those things that 99.99% of the time, it actually doesn't apply. And what I mean by that is 99.99% of the time when that linebacker's clapping, he's trying to get the defensive end's attention and the defensive end can't hear him yelling. So he claps hoping to get the guy's attention. And the ref throws the flag. It, stu- Although a, that's a stupid rule anyway. It's a because stupid I got, rule. My, the well, targeting rule. I, how many times have we seen targeting calls on, on Nebraska or anybody else in college football? You're like, okay, by the letter of the rule, yes. But I think you have to look at intent. Yeah. And I mean, I would probably say most targeting fouls happen because by, 
both players are trying to pull their head away from the point of contact, yeah. and they both pull themselves into a head, head-to-head collision. Yeah, I think you have to look at some things subjectively, and I don't think it happens all the time. So, you know, as a guy who who I I, I don't hide my – I'm an Iowa fan. I was, I'm not as upset as a lot of people. I just I – just, you don't see the call that often, and – You'd rather see it called if they would throw in the flag. Before you don't the review. see you don't see it reviewed that yes. often. I I swear I've seen it called where I can tell you in all the college games I've been to and been and watched I've never seen the call before. Ever. I've seen it happen, and when it does happen, it's usually where the kick return or the punt returner makes sort of that little kind of starts to bring his hand up, like I'm going to call a fair catch. And then I realized, I've got oh some room. shit, I got some room. I'm just going to catch it and run. They catch it, but that hand started to come up, and the ref goes, uh-uh, you were starting to call a fair catch, blows it dead. The runner stops after literally two steps. Yeah. Three steps. And, oh, okay, you got me. Tosses the ball to the referee, jogs to the sideline, and nobody thinks twice about it. That happens all the time. I see that happen with a high degree of frequency. It's sort of a it, it's sort of where they half call it, half don't. I guess so. It's, it's like the flag never comes out, and they say invalid, fair catch. The ref just blows the whistle as if it was a fair catch call. And the play's over, so the flag never comes out. So it's sort of a de facto application of the rule where the player makes sort of that half-assed motion and then decides he wants to take off, and the ref just blows it dead immediately. So it, the flag never comes out. So technically, is it called? No, but it's the application of that rule. Now, Dr. Rob and I go uh, into detail in this on the Doc's Diagnosis presented by Centrist Federal Credit Union. Uh, fall is here, so it might be a great time to start planning and preparing for those home repairs or renovations uh, that may be on your to-do list. Or, or get in touch with one of the team members today to get started. Visit centristfcu.org to apply for a home equity loan uh, and, and get that process started. You can find a solution that meets your financial meet needs and goals today. Federally insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Centris Federal Credit Union, proud sponsor of the Doc's Diagnosis, which you can watch by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Michigan, it's Michigan against the world right now. Michigan kicked the shit out of Michigan State yesterday, 49 to nothing. Yeah, that wasn't even close. They, they beat Michigan State worse than they beat Nebraska. They are on a mission. Jim Harbaugh accused of sign stealing. And uh, Rob, call me crazy on my radio show, and I said this. It doesn't bother me. First of all, sign stealing is not illegal. The See, Ill- I, I find that it's, it's in my mind that's sort of the whole gamesmanship thing. The illegal part is going to another person. It's like remember high school coaches used to go scout. They'd yeah. go, "Hey, I'm going to go to a game and I'm going to scout all the time." You can't do that in the NCAA. And I think there's not much outrage Which I think over is this. The dumbest rule ever. I, I don't think there's a lot of outrage over this because a lot of coaches are going, "Shit." They just got caught. <laughs> we do this all the time. I've always assumed. I've always assumed. And maybe it's because I'm a cynic. I think the worst of people, whatever. I've always assumed in a stadium that seats 50, 60, 70,000, 100,000 people, 
somebody's in that stadium representing another school watching yes. live. Yeah, I'm shocked at this. Although part of me sitting here going, wait, you can't tell me there's not enough cameras on the sideline that you can't pick it up just by watching film, which I guess you, there probably is. It's probably easier to have somebody go there and just hone in and, yeah. and, and watch those signals coming in to figure out what means what. I mean, that's why they hang out those big banners. To me, you know, fat lady holding a porno mag is like a sweep right. Right, I mean, you ever seen where they hold up those those big signs like uh, big? You and, uh, your, big, you big, and your porn and strippers. Uh, you know, you, yeah, what's wrong with porn and strippers? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm just saying. No, there's a reason yeah. offensive coordinators put their mouth over the microphone with their play sheet because they don't want people reading the signs. Yeah, it, it they, got, they assume somebody's watching. Yes, that's part of it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it's complete. It, it's it's it's. Uh, it's moronic. I don't. It, I can't come up with a better it, it word. It really is moronic. And I'm like, if, if and you're, I'm not a Michigan fan. If you're been at here, here's the deal. They're after Harbaugh. They don't like what happened um, during COVID when he was recruiting and he was buying guys hamburgers. And for some reason, the NCAA is going like after everybody. Wasn't doing that. Thank too? you. Thank you. If you think coaches sat on their ass and did nothing during COVID, you're crazy. And I, I don't blame them. It's a competitive business. I just, I don't know what it was exactly. I'm sure there's somebody closer to the situation that'll point this out to us on Twitter uh, or, or on YouTube. But Harbaugh did something that pissed the NCAA oh, big time. off. Big time. There, there's something there that I, I don't know that maybe he dodged a bullet earlier in this process that there was some potential scandal he got out of before it broke he might have thumbed his nose at somebody at some closed door meeting but yeah he's he's pissed somebody well, off he didn't want to cooperate with him the first time i was like I, I have nothing to talk about and he didn't want to cooperate with him listen if kansas basketball doesn't get put on probation with serious violations then nobody should. Well, and the problem is is that all of these things that people point at as violations God, nine-tenths of them are stuff that's now legal. And, and by the way... Or damn near legal given NIL. All this stuff is all the more reason the big schools are just going to separate from the NCAA and do their own thing. And here's the thing. When you look at it, if the NCAA truly is involved in some kind of pseudo-witch hunt against Harbaugh, where it's sort of like, hey, he did something that pissed us off. We're going to go after him here, and we're going to get him. That's petty. It is, but it's it's sort of like signing your own death sentence. I mean, when you look at the NC2A right now, if I'm in the NC2A, I understand the whole concept of, okay, listen, we're here to enforce the rules that the damn member schools themselves made and are asking us to enforce – I'd also be sitting back and looking at the situation and going, okay, what can we do to be an advocate for these member schools? What can we do um, to provide a service to these member schools? What can we do to make these member schools look at us as the NC2A and say, yeah, let's keep you involved and keep you relevant. And right now, they're not doing that. 
Yeah, the NCAA just continues to be a thorn in its own side and can't get it out of its way. The, the landscape is changing. And don't get me wrong, I'm a traditionalist at heart. I like sometimes like things to stay the same way too much. The NCAA is not seeing the big picture. Change is happening, and it's happening fast, and they, they're trying they to They are not keeping up, and the, their optics on it are horrible. And that's the thing, that, that, that it's the fact that they – after everything else, when you look at where they dropped the ball on NIL, the fact that they're looking at that the, that they're still not seeing they're still not seeing the forest for the trees. That's a good way to put it. You, you bring up optics. There was a really bad optic at the Michigan Michigan oh, dear State. God, game. this is unbelievable to me. They did trivia on the big screen at Michigan State. And one of the questions is, where was this man born? And they put a picture of the man on the screen. They put a picture of Adolf Hitler on the screen at Michigan State. I know she didn't wear your Michigan State gear today, which no. you do every time, every no. now and then. You know, yeah, I think there are some things that, I, I, we talked before we went. We started recording today. The the only people that had the green light to talk of, about Hitler on a free on a free basis is the is the History Channel. That's it. Well, and you, South Park. And South Park, because they, they do a good job. Although they're usually making fun of them. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, they point out the absurdity of it, right? Yeah. You don't put a picture of Adolf Hitler as a war in Gaza is going on as we speak, and I'm not getting into the politics of how you feel either way. You just don't put that picture up, period, anytime, ever, and go, hey, where well, was this former okay, so world leader Owen, born? Owen had a great line when we were talking about this before the show. He goes, a, a fun trivia game during a football game is not the time and place to discuss where Adolf Hitler was born. There, I think there are trivia situations where that's a font. There's nothing offensive like, about that question. Yeah, like World War II history, right? Let, let's, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Trivial Pursuit, the, the category is World War II. Fine. That's not a football game with 70,000 yeah. people in a it. A fun and entertaining trivia question, this is not. Yeah. Um, which it's interesting because Michigan State's response to it was, hey, all of this digital media was supplied by a third-party vendor. It's not an excuse. And I'm sitting here going, okay, A, you're telling me – I mean, if you're the third-party vendor, why would you have that in the lineup? But not only that, how about checks and balances? Like, and, hey, you know, we we got a director on the who's running the big screens. All of a sudden, in the preview monitor, Adolf Hitler pops up. Be like, you know, we're maybe, probably not going to do that. Yeah, let's just scrap that one. <laughs> we should not. I mean, d- is there truly no one that sees any of this stuff before it goes up? Like the first time you see it. I mean, I'm having flashbacks to. To watching Ron Burgundy read the teleprompter. I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> and go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah, it is. It's just... <laughs> it's one of those kind of things like, really? No one is looking at this before... Like, like, truly, nobody from Michigan State knows what's going up. Anybody could be putting anything in there, and it's the, the first time anybody from Michigan State sees it is when it goes up live on the big screen, I'm calling bullshit on I'm with that. you. I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense to me. So Michigan State, congratulations. You continue to be the laughing stock of, of, of well, universities. When comes, yeah, well, when it... It does. When it comes to major scandals over the last decade, 
God, holy cow. It's, it's, it's sort of, I said this, but even, even saying this, I shouldn't say it, but it's like, man, talk about stepping on your own dick. Man. It's just over and over again. You know, the, the president, you got to wonder if some of the things like, did that really, because the president's never going to see that, right? Ever. The AD's probably never going to see it. Somebody's got to be empowered enough to go, yeah, that ain't happening. And I know what happens is they get in these game day rundowns. Okay, uh, uh, trivia question next. What's the trivia question? Oh, where was Adolf Hitler born? Yeah, we're going to scrap that Yeah, today. right. Then. You know what? We're just, screen's going blank and we're going to play music yes. for a while. You can read the sponsor, say today's trivia yeah. question brought to you by, you know, First Michigan State Bank, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have a trivia question for you today, folks, <laughs> because it was uh, deemed not appropriate. Somebody has to be empowered to say, that ain't going up there. It, it, that was, I, I, just when you think you see it all, you're like, God, I, I can't believe in 2023, People still can't see to get out of their own way. Just yeah. get out of your own way. Yeah, um, yeah. It'll be it, it'll be interesting to see if there is any fallout over this one in terms of. I mean, no, is there, there going to be, be a scapegoat? Or? No, there won't be a fallout. That you blame the third party company, you apologize, and you just move on. Most people go, "Wow, that's just really stupid." I think most people are like us right now, going, "How do you not empower somebody to make a decision to overrule that?" Well, and you don't. The thing is, is I think somebody had to have been, and they didn't. That's what's ridiculous well, about this. Then they're just stupid or not really aware of world history. Let's say you've got a college student, and I can see this. Well, and that's what my my wife made the point talking to her about it earlier today. She she pointed out it's like was there some intern who just wasn't paying I, attention? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the, the sad thing is, you God, could I actually most, have people today. I think that most no, have no idea who he is. You could. Yeah, I suppose. God, that's horrible. It, it's horrible that. to think that way. I mean, there's a reason nobody names their kids Adolf anymore. Yeah, it's not not exactly a common. <laughs> yeah, name. you you can't do that anymore. You just it's one of those names you just can't can't do. You were driving home from uh, Sioux Falls yesterday, uh, and you were listening to the Nebraska Wisconsin volleyball game. As uh, Nebraska number two in the country beats Wisconsin number one in the country, and John Cook was a pretty happy camper after that game. This match had a lot of buildup. You know, it was the first time two undefeated teams, one and two, played against each other since 1998. Wow. And I didn't know uh, that. So there was a lot of hype. The crowd was fired up tonight. Football got a great win today, which made it even better. And uh, it was a, a match for the ages tonight. I mean, two great teams battling every point, and um, it was a great match. And we just happened to find a way to be two points better. Listen, volleyball is the most exciting women's sport out there. Great high-level volleyball is the most exciting women's sport out there. Better than college basketball. It's better than softball. It's the most exciting women's sport out. Which there. I'd, I'd have to maybe fact check this, but somebody, I think somebody actually even asked this question on Twitter this past week. Somebody had put out there a rundown on the um, per athlete NIL numbers in Lincoln, and, and it was the women's volleyball team had the highest per athlete NIL numbers. Well, they should. And it, and I'm sitting here going, it's like, well, yeah. Why not? If you got the money, spend it. Yeah. That's where it should go. So it's, I mean, talk about an amazing product. And it here's the other thing about it, too. It keeps delivering. And I'm not just talking about in terms of the wins, 
But I mean, anytime they come up with, um, God, what can we do to top something? Yeah. How about we put a handful of matches featuring Nebraska teams only in Memorial Stadium? I mean, we're going to put we're going to put Carney State out there. We're going to put Wayne State out there. Let's put UNO out there. 92,000 people. It's it's the Memorial Stadium seating record isn't even a football game. It was volleyball. Yeah. Volleyball has the Memorial Stadium capacity record. They m- volleyball puts more people in the Memorial Stadium than football ever has. And that's going to hold because they the keep, Memorial Stadium is going to get smaller. I know. They keep delivering. Yeah, that's going to probably be an all-time record. Yeah, for Memor- the, the all-time Memorial Stadium record was the volleyball team. I actually, and it's, th- but then you have matchups like this. It's it's it just they keep delivering. I mean, you look at look at downtown Lincoln. the The great thing was the the, the fi- haymarket thing. Did you see that? Yeah, the, the, they were watching the big screens in the haymarket. That was exactly pretty cool. where you saw everybody go nuts at that final call. It's that's not going away for a while. No, no. I mean, especially with the caliber of athletes Nebraska is getting. Because here is the other thing: if you are a star volleyball player, whether it's coming out of high school or coming through the transfer portal, why would you not want to go? Honestly, at this point in time, why would you not want to go to probably Nebraska number one, Wisconsin number two, and maybe Texas number three? After that, God, it falls off quick. Yeah, I mean, Penn, if, if I mean you, Penn State fell off quick. I mean, yeah, when, when, when Rose well, was there, they were they were good. But I, I, I don't think John Cook's the easiest guy to play for. I, though, I get that. No, I think he's lightened up. He 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 seems this year, the last couple of years, to be a lot lighter than he has been. Maybe it's because you're on the backside of your career. I mean, he's not going to do this forever, but he just seems to be a more likable. Yeah, person. and I've talked to guys, I've talked to players that have played for him, and they have said, from a demand standpoint, he's not it easy. is a highly demanding coach, highly demanding program to have to play for. On the flip side, though. Why would you not want to go someplace that has matches like that against? Well, I mean, they were literally—it's a thousand-dollar ticket to go to that match I, on Saturday. I, I will say this: is if you're a high-level volleyball player, why wouldn't you want to play in front of a crowd like that? Exactly. Now, the truth is, former players don't talk about John Cook like they do Tom Osborne. They don't. Okay, because he's he. It's, he's a demanding dude. and it, He was not an easy... My understanding is that he's not the easiest guy to play yes. for. The results are there, though. Yep. Um, and I don't want to say... I'm not ripping. I'm just saying t- some, yeah, guys, some people don't understand tough love. No, I get it. I'm, I'm, but part of me sitting here going like, okay, was it easy to play for Osborne? And I don't I, I'm not sure I'd say it was easy. It was great to play for Osborne. I mean, it, it was really, really great to play for that guy. I, I mean, if if you could ask me one coach, if I could go back amongst all the coaches I played for in my career, who's somebody that you would want to go back and have again? And I mean, I, absolutely Osborne top of the list. Was it easy? 
No, it was hugely demanding, although he did a great job of creating this environment where it felt like the demand came from yourself and the other players around you. You didn't feel, you didn't perceive that the demand came from the from the head coach or the coaching staff. The, the, the demand came from yourself and the players around you. And the other players probably pushed you a lot more than what you realize. It became yeah. it became an internal thing where your own teammates became more demanding of you than maybe even the coaches because it was certain, per, oh easily yes. easily yeah. that was the perception. Yeah. Um, but when I look back, I'm like, was it was it an easy place to play for? No, it was really hard to play there because of those demands. But like you said, like I said. The, the demand was internal. It came from the other, it came from your teammates and it came from yourself. All right. We've got some uh, questions that came in through email. We also had some YouTube comments. I, we haven't done the YouTube comments before, but I want to do that. So, uh, new to the, new to the podcast, we're going to let Owen take, uh, read us the questions, the comments. Owen, let's start with YouTube comments. Uh, what's the first one up on the YouTube comment? Okay. The first comment we got from YouTube comes from Corley Sears. Uh, that's a YouTube username, I believe, okay. but no, it's his real name. I checked. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, you guys should rename this podcast to Hawkeye Doc Talk. Every single episode, as a listener, I have to endure some degree or another of Travis Justice ramble on about Iowa football, Iowa football, Iowa football, Jesus Christ, just call it that then. After years of checking into this podcast, I'm done tuning in and supporting it, period. There are better Husker social media sites out there that feature Nebraska football without all the bullshit online Iowa promo week after week. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe that? And you know who he works for? Aaron Graham. <laughs> he works for Aaron Graham. I the, the problem there, I guess, is that I listen to us and I'm like, today's show was like 10% Iowa. And, and, all, that's and the, the most... only reason for was that we wouldn't have even brought Iowa up today if it wasn't for that, that call. Yeah, and that was easily the most we've talked about Iowa ever. Yeah. We don't talk about Iowa that much, other than yeah. we'll occasionally we'll touch on the fact that their offense sucks yeah. ass. But, and, 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 have, have I been complimentary to Iowa this year? I don't think I have. Usually you bag on Iowa because you hate the Hawkeyes. But, by the way, for You're the record. You're a Cyclone fan. Let's for be the clear. Record, this is 99% a Nebraska podcast. I get At that. At least. But Rob and I are not going to shy away from talking about other teams. We're just not going to do it. And this goes back to when Rob and I have been uh, doing Sound Off together starting in 2002 back on KMTV. This is kind of what we've done our whole lives. Rob and I like each other. But you're not going to believe this or not. Uh, what's his name? Corley? Corley. Corley. Uh, you, you, believe it or not, Rob and I, are, we get along and we can have other conversations. We probably talk more Augustana football than and, we and, do and, Iowa and, football and Corley, easily. Uh, it, it, listen, we're, we don't, we're not going to change. Okay. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's, you, that's your prerogative. Uh, if you think there are better podcasts out there, go find them uh, because uh, you'd be hard pressed. There's, there's some good ones out there. They're just not as good as Rob and I. Right? That's that's the way I see it. <laughs> I'm looking at one of the Twitter questions here. Yeah. 
Doc, I'm in Massachusetts and would like to send you some beer. Let me know if you're interested. This is from not the quarterback, but Steven Taylor. <laughs> um, really appreciate the show. It's the most informative Nebraska football but podcast. But not according to Corley. Hey, so, hey Corley, uh, don't forget, when you do a Google search, you can uh, you can uh, find where you work and the lawsuits that you've been under. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hey, can, I re- <laughs> can I really quickly – I'm going to hammer out like two or three quick Twitter questions. That Are, was Owen's job, though. I was going to give Owen the job. I'm going to I'm going to hit a couple of your quick. Right. Then we're going to go back to the YouTube and email questions. Are the injuries a coincidence or something more going on? No, it's a violent sport. It's on artificial turf. Two or three people asked about those questions. We see. I mean, the whole time I played in Lincoln, um, I'm trying to break glasses here. The whole time I played in Lincoln. You could, if there was one thing that was certain, you were going to lose a handful of guys every single year to injuries. That's football. It, it just is. And now the problem that I think a lot of people have is that you've got a Nebraska team that's talent wise is really thin everywhere. Yeah. We don't have that second team guy, third team guy who can just step up and keep rolling like nothing happened. Um, I'm going to go back to 1994. Arguably one of the best defensive backs in Nebraska football history, Mike Minner. Multi-year All-Pro for the Carolina Panthers, bubble NFL Hall of Famer, uh, All-American for Nebraska, tore his ACL against Texas Tech, game two of the season. We lost one of the all-time greats at safety. Guess who we replaced him with? Was was it Baron Miles? No, Tony Velen. Tony Velen, not a bad replacement. We replaced him with a future Denver Bronco. Tony's got a Super Bowl ring. That's how deep we were, and Tony went on to become like a two-time All-Conference player for Nebraska. I mean, that's the thing. You're replacing bubble NFL Hall of Famers with Super Bowl winners. I, I mean, that was how it was in that era. When you don't have depth like that, these injuries become way more significant. Yes. Those injuries have always happened, have always existed. We always had guys getting hurt. That's the nature of football. Um one of the other questions in here that I thought was actually pretty good was yesterday one of the best Nebraska athletic sports days ever in Lincoln. Two victories, and one of them was in football. You go back to the 1990s. We had big wins in football, and that night the volleyball team with Terry Pettit would smoke somebody yep. off the court over at the Coliseum week in and week out. It's just the the time was different back then. I mean, it was one of those things where – both teams were really, really good. But yeah, yesterday was a pretty damn good day. You always give out grades for the players, which we didn't do grades after because, the game. Because you were drunk, remember? Was, you said I'm I'm you you said hey I could give I could give just C's for everybody. Yes. So the reason we didn't do a report card was because Rob was really hammered at the Augustana game. I wrote him and said, Hey, do you have your grades? And he said, can you just give Jesus Christ for every one of them? I'm like, no, I could have made up the grades, but if I would have been wrong, I you would have t- taken the heat for it, and then you would have blamed me. And well, I and I hadn't it. watched the game yet. Yeah, and I, and, I can, and I can sometimes do it. I mean, to be honest, there's days I can look at it, 
and be just look at look at the stat line, look yeah. at the box score, and look at a handful of highlights, and be like, okay, I got a pretty good feel for how they did. But somebody made the point. They said, can you give out grades based on the coaches? Kind of here at the midpoint of the year. I'm super reluctant to do that. And and, I, and when it comes to grading coaches, there, there's some that are really easy. I mentioned Terrence Knight earlier. You look at what uh, keep talking. What, what White's? Hey, would you grab me a beer on your way yeah. back? Um, you look at what uh, White's done as the defensive coordinator, and it's pretty impressive what some of these coaches have done. And in my opinion, these are I mean those are like B plus to A plus type grades. What a lot of these guys have done at the coaching spots. Uh, the, the stuff that gets tough to grade is where you don't see productivity on the field. Because when I look at, say, O coordinator, you know, he's getting a lot of heat right now. And, and a lot of it's on the play calling. I'm reluctant to give him a bad grade when it comes to play calling here because a lot of this depends on what he has from an availability standpoint. When you look at the loss of guys, You've lost two of your top running backs, probably your best wide receiver, and Marcus Washington's out for the year. Uh, Betts was gone really before the season started. You've got some young guys that are that, that I think have a huge amount of talent with, like Coleman and uh, Thomas Fedoni. You got kind of the grinders like Borkirker. You got Alex Bullocks. It, it's hard for me to put a grade or put a bad grade. Uh, on the play calling because it's it's one of these I'm not sure what they got to work with. You've got a quarterback room that I mean is any again we talk about this earlier in the podcast. You look at that quarterback room is anybody looking at that quarterback room and going, "Oh yeah, this is what I want when it comes to having a really really good quarterback room where you've got a turnover an athletic turnover machine in sims you've got an ex and again a really athletic but really inexperienced guy who's like i i called him earlier he's a big strong luke mccaffrey um your towels over there behind the beer everywhere i know grab that right there there you go mop that up there you go, brother. I know, to, I know, to, but it's it, it, it's hard for me to grade the quarterback coach. It's hard for me to grade the offensive coordinator uh, because I don't know what they have to work with, really. And I don't think anybody's looking at Harburg and uh, Chubba Purdy and Jeff Sims and going, oh, yeah, we got some great – I mean, that's a loaded quarterback room. Nobody's saying that. I mean, there was a media roundtable on a podcast a couple of weeks ago where Steve Sippel and some of these other guys were saying, hey, none of the guys who are playing at quarterback this year in Lincoln are going to be the starter next year. I mean, we're talking one year later. You're telling me none of these guys are going to be the starter but you want me to be able you you want me to give the O coordinator and the quarterback coach a grade. Frankly, they these guys might be coaching their ever loving aunt. Dude, would you learn how to pour a beer, dude? That's horrible, isn't it? Damn. Jeez, dude. Killing oh, me. That's really Just good watch. Beer. Is it good? Yeah. What are we drinking now? Uh, Equilibrium brewing. 
Where are they double at? double IPA. This is from our buddy out in the East Coast. Beer produced. Jason, Jason sent this. Okay. Ah, Middleton, New York. Yeah. Nice. Uh, All right, you, you've rambled it up. Anyway, but no, I'm I'm talking about the coaching <laughs> grades because there's been a lot of criticism on the offensive coaching staff this season. That's I a just, bad pour. Eh, it happens. I just drink it out of the can. Um, but, I mean, it, and again, the, the one I haven't touched on yet is 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 Donnie Raiola on the O-line. And because I truly – it's hard for me to gauge this because I'm sitting here looking at these guys and I'm just like, I don't know if these guys are that good. And that's fair. I, it's, it's one of those – if I looked at that offensive line and I'm like – Okay, let's say he let, let's say Riola had Cam Jurgens, AJ Forbes, and Chris Walker on the offensive line, and a truly healthy Teddy Prohaska. And they sucked ass. I'd be sitting here going, Okay, that's that's a failure on the coaching level right here. And I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a bunch. I'm seeing this hodgepodge where you're looking at this. You're looking at a transfer from Arizona State at center, who's probably been the most stable guy in that offensive line. I think Newelli and Ethan Piper are kind of next up in terms of the job, in terms of the performance that we've seen at the guard spots. And then after that, you're looking at Corcoran and Ben Hart at tackle, and it's it's been a I'm not calling it a disaster at those guys, but it's it has not been. It's not a strong. It's it's not a strong aspect of this team, and so when you see that, I'm looking at Royola and going, okay, you know what? This guy literally might be making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. yeah. And if that's the case, then that's an amazing coaching job. That's like an A-plus coaching job, as bad a talent as he might be dealing with. My, What I wonder is, is, is Corcoran and Ben Hart going to get drafted, go to the NFL, each spend a year in practice squad, and then two years later they're starting NFL offensive line? Kind of thing we saw with guys like Zach Starup and – uh, Nick well, Gates. Then you get your and, answer, right? Yeah. Then you then you've got your answer, but we haven't seen that yet. I kind of, for a lot of these coaches, I kind of want to see what happens. Let's see what they do two or three years from now with a different group of guys, because right now they're playing with the exact same guys who have been incredibly mediocre over the last several years for Nebraska football. All right, Owen. What's the uh, next uh, comments? The next little section we got here is on the uh, uh, Florida State hoodie you were wearing last week uh, on the Doc's diagnosis. So uh, as a Husker fan in the 80s and 90s, it is really hard for me to see Rob wear that hoodie. Next comment is, I always agree with Mr. Florida State guy. Now, is this the same person? No, these are three different people. These are different ones. Yeah, these are three different people. And then... uh, I always I just got on here to comment on that hoodie and someone beat me to it. Be better, Rob. Be better. <laughs> you know what though? You're commenting. Love it. So here's the deal. Yeah, but I, we're not restricted. You you're never going to see me wear red. Rob rarely wears red. The truth is, we like to wear different gear. It's not well, that and hard. I'm, and I am a Husker fan. You get. 
I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Didn't mean you have to wear the gear all I, the time. Yeah, and it's well. And here's the other thing: we don't need to be a nonstop like Kool Aid drinking Homer all the time either. I we have a huge portion of the people that listen to the podcast listen specifically for the reason that we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat but stuff. We've never been that way from our days uh-uh. on television to here. And I know, with, and I don't think I'm unfair either. And because of the visionary, which is Owen, who's got us on YouTube now, more and more people are becoming exposed to this podcast. I get it, but this is who we are. And I try. I got to be honest. I tried to find. We're we're we're, we're redoing our our master bedroom. We we got like stuff strewn all over the house. I spent two weeks trying to find my Colorado Buffalo sweatshirt, which I've worn on the podcast and on the TV show before. Um, but I keep looking for that and have not. I, I can't find it. But that's what I'm wearing next, unless it's another big Augie win. So I'm <laughs> I'm kind of riding high on an Augustana Vikings cloud right now. But if you want to leave comments in the YouTube section uh, of this podcast, go ahead and do so. Uh, we're going to do this every week. We're going to we we can take negative comments. They really don't affect us that much. Uh, just uh, we like to have fun. Well, and here's the other and thing even, too. Even to Corley, who before yeah. uh, ripped on us, and I and I kind of picked on you back. Listen, but I I love I like the fact we cover more than just Nebraska yes. football, and a lot of the people who do listen to this podcast listen. Because they're not in Nebraska, and they want to hear about something that's a little bit more broad-reaching than Lincoln, Nebraska, and where things sit more in the college football universe as opposed to just what's happening down on 9th Street in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, we've never been like that. We're never going to be like that. Rob and I do this podcast for a reason. Because we like doing it, but we like to get together and drink beer and just talk sports. That's what we like to do. It's good. The best head I've seen on a beer, and I don't know how long, dude. Look you could, you could. How'd that go? How, look at that, dude. You could float a quarter on that on that head. Uh, more questions coming in, Owen. Okay, the next uh, one's really more of a comment, uh, and this comes from Clint. Uh, hook me up with your towel, dude. I spilled just now. <laughs> not as much as I did. Okay, sorry, Owen. Go ahead. No, you're good. Okay, many years ago, I'm a normal 15 year old kid working. This is from this is from Clint. Yes, yeah, this is from Clint. I'm a normal 15 year old kid working sale cattle for a family friend. One of the guys helping had a bull whip that he used to scare these <laughs> a bull bulls. Whip. We took a lunch break, and I was the first one out the door to get started again. I saw that bullwhip laying there and thought I'd perfect my non-existent, until this point, bullwhipping skills. <laughs> I started slow, and I was and was getting the hang of it. It's harder than it looks. I took the training wheels off and got after it. I took a big wind-up and proceeded to snap myself dead center on oh. my right ear. That is likely the most excruciating pain I will ever feel. My fucking ear was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I retired from bull whip cracking that day. I had a hell of a run. <laughs> okay, that That's might... what you get out of this podcast is bull whip stories. Ex- Dude, I told people last week we are a beer and bull whip <laughs> podcast. Oh. oh, God, that's money. Because okay, you know what? see, now that's the kind of comment yes. I will appreciate for it. Clint, thank you, sir. And we read, I mean, every comment gets read by yeah. their mere dad yeah. and, and Rob, yeah. Oh, God, that is that is money right there. See, because you can picture that. The little 15-year-old kid picking up the bullwhip going, yeah, I'm going to snap this bitch. Oh, yeah. Which I, I told Ow. you, 
I, when I was a kid for my freaking Halloween costume, I tore apart like three dozen old belts I found in the back of my dad's closet and braided them into a freaking leather bull whip. <laughs> and I practiced with that thing like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I could, oh, which I, I could do some damage with that thing if I wanted to. And in the process of learning how to do it, I couldn't do it today to save my life. But in the process of it, oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I had a few welts on various parts of my body. So this question, uh, now this is an email question. Uh, this one's from Bill. Uh, is the fact that Coach Osborne lobbied for the play that resulted in the Coleman touchdown an indictment of Satterfield's own play calling? No, I, you know, guys do use different plays, and I think they, they put that play in the run play, the belly G they put in after some dis- just casual discussions with Osborne anyway. It was like, hey, you've got the personnel to run this. Give this a try. And it made sense with the personnel they had. Um, the thing is, though, is that when you take any, God, any profession, you're borrowing I mean, from somebody and, all the time. Yeah, if and, you're not, you're not doing even, your job. And even at really high levels of any given profession, I, I mean, there is an entire industry based around executive leadership, based around taking people who are already at the top of their game, running companies, and teaching them to be better at what they're already kicking ass at. It's the same thing for football coaches. Sometimes all it takes is another pair of eyes to come in, take a little bit of a look at what you're doing, and go, um, you know, that's a play that is, that there's a run play there that is just absolutely begging for a play action pass to be thrown in. Because with sometimes it. you get so deep in the weeds, you're not able to see it. Exactly. And, and that's why consultants live in this world, right? Exactly. It's because everyone's like, well, what do you do? I'm a consultant. What, what does that mean? Well, you're a, you're a different pair of eyes to look at something from a di- – like me. I, I come from a te- television background. I've been television for 25 years. I go into construction. Everybody's like, what do you know about construction? I can't build shit. However, I can look at things differently and offer a different perspective that maybe they didn't see before, and, and that's what I've been able to do. Uh, next question. During that second quarter, I thought to myself, why not give Sims a shot again? Because, man, it was hard to watch for a lot of that game. And that, that one comes from Jamie. Um, it was, and at that point in time, you only you only had one interception in the game at that point in time. Uh, as hard as it was to watch, I still think you – Okay, again, go back to what if you, if you watch the Scott Sprites or behind the point spread show early in the year, Scott pointed out that statistically over the last what three years, Jeff Sims, one of the things that has been completely established is that the guy literally is guaranteed what two turnovers a game. Yeah, if you put him in a game, there will be two turnovers that is a scott said he is one of the few guys that is just turnover like you can statistically you can count on him and usually comes in the first half it's it's like the sex panther thing it's 60 percent of the time it works 100 percent of the time (laughs) um 
100% of the time, he will guarantee you two turnovers. And, and listen, you it's a statistical con- certainty. And Nebraska continues to win with Harburg. It does. And that's the other thing, too, is that, yeah, you, the their only loss was, a, was the one – when you're looking at the schedule – once I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm not really counting. Colorado is sort of a tough one to look at, but when you look at the schedule, Michigan was the one game that you looked at and you're like, okay, they're losing this game yeah. no matter what. That's a certainty. Um, other than that, Harburg's won every game he yeah. started. Are you going to bench him? No. Again, as bad as it's looked. They're winning, and that winning started when they benched Sims and put in Harburg. The guy, his his liability may truly be greater than the upshot of his athletic ability. And would I like to see him play in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. I just don't know if you put him in as a quarterback unless it's sort of this. I mean, if you could put in like a wildcat package – Play him as a designed run play quarterback where you direct snap the ball to him and he just takes off running. Any more questions, Owen? We do. We have one more question, and this one comes from Matt. And it says, is Iowa the best losing team out there or the worst winning team? It's just crazy. Uh, yes. 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 To both. Yeah. It's Again, though, they're a team that finds ways to win games with with defense and special teams, and that's not a that's a dangerous combination, though. As it, they it, as they witnessed yesterday, it is. On the flip side, they're also one of those teams that I mean, unless they're playing, and again, you can say this about Nebraska, unless they're playing Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, they can win every damn game. But you also see that dynamic happen with other teams. So I, I don't know if anybody stayed up and watched it late last night, but Washington, Arizona State. Washington Was- rallied to win. They did. They had a horrible game offensively, but they used special teams and defense to win the game. I think they, what was it, a, a, a pick six? It was a long pick six. And three field goals to win the game against Arizona State. So uh, if you have a question for us, you can always uh, leave it in the YouTube comments. Or if you just have regular general comments about how much we suck, uh, you can do that in the YouTube comments as well. We are now apparently an Iowa podcast. According to some guy in Tucson. I guess I just never really thought of that. I always looked at us and I'm like, okay, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk 75% Nebraska, 10% Iowa, 10% Florida Florida State and Augustana. College football. Yeah, we do a lot of general college football talk, but I mean, we get a lot of listens for that reason alone. Yeah, I'm sorry we're not... This is really good beer, by the way. We're not one size fits... This is good beer. Dude, kudos to Equilibrium. You turn out a nice product. We we got really lucky. thanks to Jason Warner for sending it. And by the way, uh, so uh, we're going to get Owen more involved in the podcast, so he's going to be our question and comment guy every week. He's going to read the mean tweets. I like it. And if you want to do yourself a favor... I love mean tweets by the way go to go to spotify go to apple music uh check out owen's latest single old jim uh if you haven't heard old jim great song it's by the uh, way. incredible you did well son you did well thank you when, when's the next single or are you gonna wait for the album no there's gonna be one more it, and uh somewhere in the next three or four weeks it'll right. be out so the album release is coming out in december uh, we'll tell you, we'll let everybody know where they can go to that too. So we want everybody to go to the album release party. Get, I'm going to get you to go to the album release party. Does you mean album release party? Yeah. December 15th. I'm going to be able to, I'm, I'm going to be able to do the whole, like I was there when. Yeah. 
Yeah. Here's what I'm worried about. December 15th? Here, here's what I've actually had to talk to Owen about this, is that I'm worried because Owen's become so invested in this podcast. When he goes on tour... He can't leave. He He's going to leave us. I'm like, do we have to like hire an intern? We'll because get you an intern. I'm getting him really cheap right now. I, <laughs> I bought him a van. I bought him a tour van. I'm like, well, did that, did that help the podcast at all? Because that means he's leaving. You should have just given him money. Uh, well, buying a van's money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, he would have taken the money and bought a van. No, I think. Well, I like the van though. We've had to put some money into the van, but it's. Uh, <laughs> but here's a lesson for me: never buy a van off Facebook Marketplace. Don't buy a car off Facebook. Marketplace. So I know I've got a couple of buddies where that is the. Only way they'll buy vehicles that. now. Owen, would you ever buy a car off of it? Wasn't as, I mean, it wasn't as bad as... Yeah, because I flipped the bill. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, you're, you're right. Now, we you haven't taken it on a long road trip yet. What, uh, yeah, what we'll you got, see. It, I mean, I don't know when our next... We're taking it to... Athens, Ohio? Well, no, there's nothing set in stone with okay. that yet. But, I mean, we are taking it to uh, Red Oak next week. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one... Uh, that's one test, but okay. Yeah. Well, the good news is that's only like fifty miles. So that, yeah, that was going to say I'm like I'm and, not. That's and, and that's, that's one of those if, if, if it explodes, you <laughs> you call your buddy or your parent or your sister and have them come get you. But again, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anywhere you get your your, your music, uh, search Owen Justice. Check out his uh, his singles and the albums coming out in December, and uh, we'll let and you know. And they're going to have merch at some point here too. Well, you've seen the merch. I've bought some. Yeah. I got a, I got a sweet T-shirt. But he's got a new one coming out too, that, and he's going to nice. have some hats. So I'll yeah, I need I need a lid. So uh, yeah, hit the Spotify. Make sure to follow him and get the uh, the latest uh, singles that are coming out. So. An hour and 44 minutes. You, you think people are still listening? If you're still listening at the end of this podcast, leave a comment. You don't have to listen to it all in one setting. No, I mean, you, you don't. listen to half one day, listen to half the next day. Uh, but if you've made it this far, congratulations. You're a trooper. We appreciate it. We really, really do. Uh, d- make sure to check out uh, the Doc's Diagnosis on the YouTube channel coming out on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Behind the Point Spread with Scott Spreiser, our Vegas insider, Omaha native, uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And a big special thanks to Husker Max for distributing this podcast. Head to HuskerMax.com for the latest news and opinion on a variety of voices throughout uh, the Nebraska football and sports nation. Uh, if you got an email for us, DocTalkSports at gmail.com. Follow Dr. Rob on Twitter at DocTalkSports. Follow me at Travis Creates. Like the DocTalkSports Facebook page. And, of course, TikTok. We're on TikTok. And we like beer. Thank you to Blake yeah. and Jason. Everybody who sends us beer. I think we got some whiskey coming, too. Oh, uh, we might. Yeah. Fly over. Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to order some, too. Do do it. All I, right. I've sampled it, and I can't remember where it was at, but it's out. I think it was a buddy of mine had some, and it was outstanding. Excellent. For Dr. Rob Zadiska, for Owen Justice, I'm Travis Justice. We will see you next week on the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports. Betfred Sports.